Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Again, good morning, and my name's Kenny. I, it's my honor to serve as the lead pastor here. We're pumped that you're here. And, you know, uh, summer is one of those interesting times of year where I love to talk to new parents around this time of year. Uh, because inevitably, I have a conversation where they tell me about how they're about to go on vacation, and they're excited. They can't wait to take their kids on a vacation. And, and it's so funny because I love having this conversation with them and they're telling me about how they're going to go to the beach and it's going to be relaxing and fun. And, and then some of y'all, even as your kids grow up a little bit, even though you know better, you still decide you're going to be excited about taking your kids to Disney and, and all these kinds of things. And I love those conversations because there's this, uh, well, man, there's just this beautiful naivety to these people. They don't know any better. And I love these conversations because uh, they start to tell me all this, and I just smile, and I nod, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. You're, man, y'all are going to have a great time. You know, I do what pastors do, right? It's going to be awesome. Y'all are going to have a good time praying for you, have so much fun. And then as I turn and walk away, I have this like, <laughs> man, these people, they don't even know better. And Because in the back of my head, there's this, I know what's going to happen, right? Because they're going to come back, and I'm going to say, hey, man, you guys just got away. You went away on vacation. Tell me about your trip. And already I can see it on their face, right? I mean, they're they're just exhausted. You mentioned vacation and they kind of like just roll their eyes and and you could just see it on them, man. They're so done. And and they start to tell you about kind of how all this went down and and you're like, yeah, okay, you know. And as I turn and walk away, I kind of sing that song in my head. Boom, boom, boom. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bites the dust. I just know, because I find, like, listen, this is part of it. As you raise up people, you spend time with them, they just don't know what they don't know, right? And the thing is, is that this is not just true of parents, because we're foolish, and we do that. Um, And if, because here's, I know how this goes. This has happened to me, right? We go on vacation to the beach, and, you know, you have this idea that you're going to go, and it's going to be relaxing, and you're just going to, like, you know, enjoy the beach, and have drinks and relax and get sun and it's going to be awesome. You don't think about how many times your kids are going to run in and out of the ocean and they're going to come and complain that it's cold and then they sit out in the sun and then they complain that it's hot and then they're hungry and they want to change and go in. So you change, uh, you take them inside, you change them, you feed them, you do all that kind of stuff and now they're ready to go back outside so you got to change them again. By the time you hit the beach, they say, I got to poop and then you got to take them back inside. Like, you know, and you're just like, what have we done? And this doesn't even take into consideration actually sitting on the beach and watching your children try to kill themselves in the ocean, right? And then by the third day, you're just like, well, they'll learn. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they'll learn. Yeah. Like, this is, this is what we do. And, and yet, we get so excited about vacation and, and going to rest and relax. And, and the thing is, is that this happens to even us as adults when maybe you take vacations uh, away from children and maybe you've, uh, you're a little older and your kids are out of the house or you've got teenagers, you go. And, and we do this. We, we work all year round tirelessly to make enough money and to save up enough time so that we can go away and we go and we run so hard and we vacation so hard that we are, all we do is hurry, hurry, hurry to get there and we're just trying tirelessly to relax and we can't do it. 
And so finally, by the time it's time to come home, I literally talked to someone today and I was like, hey, how was your trip? He's like, man, I was, I was ready to come back. <laughs> and this is so funny because then we hurry back to do it all over again. And I just, I just think to myself, like, at what point are we going to maybe like open our eyes and just like realize like, this ain't it. This, this, ain't, this ain't it. Because this ain't working. Can anyone like attest that you've tried this, you've gone on vacation, you've done all this, and you come back needing a vacation from your vacation? That's most of us, right? So there's something in the way that we think and the way that we function, the way that we do life, the way that we work, the way that we try to vacation, the way that we try to rest, that it's just not really working. And so today, we're going to jump into a brand new series called Whiteboard Sessions, all right? And so uh, if you haven't been around home church, uh, you've missed out on this, but one of my favorite things to do is to bring out the trusty whiteboard and to teach and to share some ideas and concepts, uh, some things from God's word, and to give you a visual to help you grab hold of some of these concepts. And so today's the, the first in this series, and we're going to walk through some really important things in your life, uh, and, and we're going to try to help you understand what God's word says and what Jesus says about some of the major areas in your life that we all need to address. And today, we're going to talk about the rhythm of rest, all right? So I, I want, this is an all skate, meaning uh, I want everyone to participate, okay? That, when I say everyone, I mean, uh, that's, that's like Greek for everyone, okay? Uh, and so um, I, want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to be honest, first of all. Don't forget you're in church, okay? I have to remind some of y'all that sometimes. I got to remind myself of that sometimes too. So, um, but uh, if you are sitting here right now, again, I want you to be honest and you are physically, emotionally, spiritually, or financially exhausted, I want you to raise your hand. Be honest, raise your hand. Those, one of those categories fits you. Awesome, good. All right, so if you didn't raise your hand, here's what I know. You're either retired or you're lying, okay? And, and, and if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably both, okay? Because I know plenty of retired people that are still tired, okay? And so I, I wanna show you this idea of the rhythm of rest um, because I think so many times we miss this. You know, we, we take vacations, um, but we have this rhythm of our life where we're grinding it out in the Monday through Friday, nine to five, because, you know, let me get another song in here. Everybody is working for the weekend, right? That's all we do. And, and we're, we're trying to just get to the weekend. This isn't just vacation. This is every week we do this. We're grinding Monday through Friday, trying to get to Friday afternoon, because you know why? Because we got all the other crap crammed into the weekend. We got softball games, we got gymnastics, we got kids' activities, we got weddings, uh, we got carowinds trips, we got camping trips, like uh, we got yard work, all the stuff that we couldn't take time during the week because, you know, work, that we cram it all into the weekend. And some folks, some folks, you know, will even spare a couple of hours to make a visit into church once a month. So thank you all for being here today. Talking to you online. Okay, um, and so like, like this is our life. This isn't just vacation. This isn't just uh, taking our kids away. This isn't just going to Europe. This is literally, there's something wrong with the way that we do life that we have missed God's intention and his design and his rhythm for us. We missed it. And I wanna show you where we missed it because I got news for you. We missed it early on, okay, so if you have your Bible, pull your Bible out and go to Genesis chapter one. I told you, we missed it early, okay? Genesis chapter one. 
If you don't have your Bible, uh, I encourage you to download the Home Church app. Uh, there we have sermon notes that you can follow right along. Uh, if you don't have those things, we'll have the scripture on the screen. If you're watching online, we're going to throw it at my feet. And so today I want to talk to you about the rhythm of rest, and I want to show you where it started to come off the rails, where we missed what God said about what this is supposed to look like, all right? Uh, so Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Told you, we missed it early. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and, and empty. Darkness was, uh, was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You ever heard that before? Okay, good, good. Some of y'all. Uh, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And then Genesis 1 goes through uh, the creation of the days. Day 2 was sky and water. Day 3, land and vegetation. Day 4, sun and moon. Day 5, sea animals. Listen, God did all these other things in one day. It took one whole day to do all the sea animals. I, like... I don't get it. I guess there's more fish in the sea. Uh, that's for some of y'all single folks. Day six, uh, land animals and man, right? So pick this back up, Genesis 1 in verse 31, right at the end of that chapter. It says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Very good. Say that. Say, very good. Not just good. Not just all right, not just okay, but like very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And it just keeps going right into chapter two. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. So I, I want to ask you, um, in, in that narrative of the creation, there's something uh, that, that you see there that God's creating this rhythm of creation, but he also creates a rhythm of rest that many of us miss because we don't actually read our Bible. We have this thing called the lullaby effect where we've heard this over and over and over again, but we don't actually take our time and slow down and actually read what the word says. Because if you did, there would be something in that text that you heard that should have stuck out to you as being really, really weird. And, and as I read this, there's this thing that sticks out to me as being really, really weird. And it's where Jesus, uh, excuse me, where God is creating and he gets to the end of that day. He says, and there was evening and there was morning the next day. Now, I, I don't know about you, but like, yo, that ain't how my day goes. How does your day go? Most of our days, we wake up in the morning, we go to work, and we come home in the evening, and then we rest, right? That's, that's kind of the rhythm of our life that we live. And this is where we missed it. You see, if you were to read the scripture, and if you were to actually take a little time and understand the context of God and God's people, he understood what they were going to navigate and what they were going to deal with. In, in, just a couple of, uh, in just a couple of generations, his people would be in slavery. 
They, they would be uh, living under Egyptian rule where all they would do is survive day to day and the only thing that kept them alive was producing enough that day to make it to the next day. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Man, that, that's how many of us live our lives where we go to work, we're working for the man and, and we're just trying to produce enough to be able to make it to live and survive to the next day. You see, God not only knew that that was going to happen for his people, he knew that this was going to be true for many of us as well. So from the very beginning, right there in Genesis, he created a rhythm that he meant for us to follow, and we missed it. Because when we think about how we do life, we do morning, and we wake up, and we go, and we do all of our work, and then we come home, and it's evening, and then we rest. But God set this pattern differently. I I want you to think about this. This takes a bit of a a paradigm shift for us to think about and understand this because this is not the way we live our life. What would it look like if you shifted your mindset and if your day started in the evening and the first thing you did with your day was rest? And then you spent the night, you rested, and then from your rest you woke up and it was morning and it was time to go then be productive. How much more productive do you think we would actually be if we operated from rest rather than working and then resting? See, we missed it. We missed the pattern. We missed the rhythm that God gave us. So today, I want to take just a few minutes, and I want to show you how we can learn and understand the rhythm of rest and what God wants us to know and to understand. It started with his people. And by the way, he meant it for us. So I've got four things I want to just lay, lay with you real quick. I'm going to draw a couple of things on the board. Again, if you're new, this is going to be fun because you're going to have to decipher what I write. <laughs> That's always fun. Good luck to you. Um, but I hope that this will be helpful for you today. Okay, so I have four points that I want to share with you. Four points. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. Uh, is this, is that God sets the rhythm of rest. God sets the rhythm of rest. Now, this is weird because uh, many of us, we, we don't believe that. You know who sets the rhythm of your rest? Your boss. Many of us allow someone else to be the king and the Lord and the savior of our rest. I know this is heavy. I know this is going to hurt some of you. I'm sorry. I really mean it to be helpful. So I want you to see this. So there's this moment where God creates. He starts to create. And it, and it goes on this line. And if you actually uh, take a look at, at music, there are these uh, notes, these eighth notes, they look like this. And I know this because I actually went to school to be a chorus teacher. And so you have these notes, and they represent one. So if you're beating in a rhythm, they represent one. There are other notes that represent a half or an eighth or a whole, and, but these represent ones. Okay? So... God gets busy in creating, and I told you these are not going to be perfect. I, should have, I could have drawn this ahead of time, but what fun would that be? <laughs> and so he gets to the rhythm of creating, and he starts creating, and he creates six days in a row, right? I told you about all of those days. And then on the seventh day, he rests, right? That's actually a, a real rest sign, believe it or not. This is the rhythm of creation. 
This is the rhythm that God gave us for rest. But see, already we miss it because we think that it started with work. Oh, well, God got busy creating, and then, uh, boom, 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 we've got this rhythm, and then there was rest, and then, you know, the rest of life continues on. Nah, homie, that ain't it. Because oftentimes, this is how we see God. This is just creation, but God is eternally existent before he even created. So what was God doing before he started creation? (laughs) he was resting and this is where we've missed the pattern so if our God who creates and sets the rhythm for us started at rest the scripture says that, that before anything was created that the spirit of God was hovering just hovering and then there's this moment of creation and now we have the rhythm of day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six and then On day seven, the scripture taught us that God rested from all of his work, and then he did something really important. He said that this rest is so important, not just that he set an example for you and for us, that he said and he set it apart as being holy. Holy. The first thing that our God mentions in his word that is holy is rest. What? Come on. Because this is so backwards for many of us. The only thing that we find holy is work and money. That's the only thing holy in our life. Rest, that's what we got to do to be able to get back up and go do it again. We have missed it, my friends. And we've been living in a culture that is predominantly dominated by production. And oh, by the way, the greatest distraction of the enemy is to show you the things that you can have so that you think that's more important than what you already have. (laughs) So there is a rhythm to rest that many of us have missed. And so God started from rest, and then he creates a rhythm of work, and then he rested again. See, uh, and so this kind of like leads us to the, the next point here that I want you to see and this is going to be on the screen, is that many of us have got it backwards, right? We, we do this. We work from rest, right? This is what we need to do, not rest from work. That's what most of us do. We need to work from our rest, but many of us rest from our work because this is how it works. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. That's how most of us live our life. And so because of that, we are, when we finally do get to a day of rest, many of us don't even do that because we fill it with so many other things, that we actually are only resting from what we've done. I wonder for you what your life would look like, what your sanity, what your anxiety, what your depression, what your mental state would be, what your physical state would be, yo, what your financial state would be if you switched your mindset and stopped just resting from the work that you've done, but you do work and for sure you rest, but you're not resting from what you've done, you rest to get ready for what's coming in front of you. 
Because God has put a plan and a purpose and a calling over your life. He wants you to be healthy enough to live in it and function in it and do what he's called you to do. But we cannot do that because we're exhausted. We can't fully step into the calling God has over our life because we're so busy resting from all of the work that we're not resting to be ready for what work he has in front of us. We have it backwards. We have to shift our mindset. We have to work from our rest rather than resting from our work. I, uh, I, I just, last night, I, I went to Columbia to a concert, and um, I got a chance to sit with an old friend, uh, a guy who was in a church that, that I used to work at, and, and man, we love him, great friends. We were just having dinner uh, before the concert, and this is a guy who I love greatly, um, but he puts a lot of effort and, and work into work. Uh, he also recently added school on top of that, and, and it's a lot. And he was telling me about how he had just had a conversation with his pastor uh, that he was going to take two months off, and, uh, and, and he was telling me about that conversation. I said, oh, okay, so you're going to take two months away from serving. He was like, no, I'm, I'm taking two months away from like, going to church. And yo, I just got to tell you, like, my gut went to my throat. Because here's a guy I love greatly. And, and, and I know him and I know his rhythm where he is very much work addicted in a lot of ways. Like many of us are, okay? Many of us are. And he's making this active decision and, and being very forward about it. I am so busy with work and with school and with all the other things, I have no time for God. I can't even show up for an hour well, hour and a half, depending on how good I preach. <laughs> on a Sunday, and I just felt sick for him. Now, it's one thing to see a friend who I have no authority left in his life. I can't, like, I can love him, but, man, I, I can't say, man, get your butt to church. Like, <laughs> I mean, I probably could, but, but this happens even in this house. Please, don't hear what I say next uh, in, in the way of, like, condemnation. Please don't. Because this is coming from a pastor who does something, we do real weird stuff around here. Like, we literally took an entire Sunday off last week. Most of y'all, like, if your old church did that, they would roll over in the grave, okay? But we do things like that because we work hard. We have so many volunteers that give so much to this church, the least we can do is every now and then give them a Sunday to take some time to rest and recuperate and to intentionally seek God. So this is not coming from a place of condemnation. I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict our hearts in this. But uh, one of the things that I see happen often is that we use church as a last resort. Uh, Those of you that have uh, students and, and children, I've seen this happen. You get upset with your kid, they're not doing their homework or they're not behaving properly, and you tell them that as their punishment, you won't take them to church and you won't take them to fuse. Are you insane are you insane? That you're you're going to punish them by taking away their time with God in corporate worship? What are you thinking? That is not okay. That is not right. I, I, I'll also go as far as this. We all need vacation. We all need time away. We even took a week off last week. Man, I get it. But listen, 
to go missing for a couple of months because you're too busy at work, you got all these other things going on, I just want to lovingly tell you because I'm not his pastor, but I am yours because you're sitting in front of me, that is not the way. That is not the way. Because here's what happens. Well, I finally catch up with you in two months and you're like, man, I just feel so disconnected. I, I don't even really, man, I haven't heard from God in a while. I, I don't know. I feel really lost. I feel like, oh, things just aren't really good. I don't, I don't know. I, man, I'm even thinking about, man, this church isn't really working for me anymore. I'm looking for somewhere else. No kidding, homie. We hadn't seen you in two months. Like, how are we supposed to be connected to you if you don't show up? I'll make it real personal for you. Man, I'm worried, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. I, I, I don't, man, I feel like God's so distant. When's the last time you opened your Bible? See, we, we, we allow everything else to take precedent in our life. I, I just, man, if I could just wake you up, shake you just a little, and I, I would probably shake you gently because I love you, but, but if I could just figuratively give you a little bit of a shake to say, Look at this, open your eyes, look at how foolish we sound. Those of us that call ourselves believers say we wanna be a disciple, a disciplined follower of Jesus, and yet we can't ever open our Bible? Yet everything else takes precedent rather than the corporate gathering of the body of believers? What are we doing? This ain't it. Like, that ain't the way. And, and again, I, please hear me. This is not coming from a place of condemnation, like you stink, you stink. that's not it. it. It's coming from a heart of a pastor who's had to walk through too many conversations of people who do this distance and then di- get disconnected, and then they leave, and then they go sh- church shopping for two years. Man. And do you know all the things that happen in their life in that two years? Their marriage starts to crumble. Their kids start running wayward. They, you know, somebody's sick. And then they're like, man, I didn't have anybody care for me. That's because you as a sheep ran out of the pen. I say all that because I need you to understand that there is a rhythm to rest. And there is also a rhythm to connection to God inside of this as well. See, we get so busy with work, we can't even rest. We get so busy with life, we got no time for God. You know, there's this, uh, this old saying that uh, when you lay on your deathbed, that the one thing you're not gonna say is, I wish I had worked more. <laughs> you're never gonna say that. You're gonna say, man, I wish I had spent more time with my kids when they were little. Man, I I wish I had given some more of the gifting God gave me that I took to make that business awesome. I wish I'd have done it for the kingdom. Man, I wish I would have made sure that my wife knew that she was my number one priority in this earth. Those would be the things that we say. Not, I wish I had worked more. In fact, I've seen it over and over and over again as people come closer to the end of their life, they regret the amount of time, effort, and energy that they spent building their own kingdom and they missed out on the kingdom that God already put in their hands with their family. I don't want that for you. All right, so that's heavy. Let me make this a little lighter, if that's okay. All right, Uh, a a little lighter. The the third thing, and then I'm I'm gonna wrap up. Uh, The third thing that you need to know about the rhythm of rest is this, is that fun is fruitful. 
fun is fruitful. Now, this is coming from a guy who is probably not the most fun, <laughs> all right? Uh, like, I see my friend Katie over here. Her face is getting real big because they had us over at the lake the other day, and uh, I spend my time worried about my kids dying rather than actually having fun, and she knows that about me. That's why she's grinning from ear to ear. I'm not the most fun. I get a little serious at times. Uh, but, but the thing about this is that uh, we have a God who actually not only wants you to rest, he mandated it. <laughs> God not only said that rest is so important that he called it holy and set apart, he then gave it to his people in the way of mandated fun. Our God instituted seven feasts and festivals that he intended for his people to actually stop and rest and enjoy. I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. Man, if you invite me to your wedding, more likely than not, I'm probably going to be the first person out the door, okay? This, I'm just, can I be real with you for a minute? Uh, li- listen, weddings are great, all that kind of stuff, like, but when I get to the reception, like, I'm trying to find the door. I don't know what it is about me. I struggle to just sit and relax and talk and eat and drink and do all that stuff. Like, I, I just struggle in that. There's something in me that I, I cannot slow down, and the fun is not all that fun for me. But the thing is, is that God says that fun is fruitful. He, he mandated it for us to stop and to rest and to enjoy, to dine, to, to have conversation, to, to dance, to enjoy each other's company. And not only did he give them seven festivals and feasts, he actually gave them a set-aside holy day every week called Sabbath, Shabbat. That's a fun word to say. Would you say it? Wait, say Shabbat. Yeah, that's Sabbath. This is a a day set aside every week, and it happens on Friday evening, and it goes through Saturday afternoon, and this is Shabbat for God's people. Set aside, holy, rest. And what he intends for his people to do during rest is to not work and to enjoy each other, to to dine and to dance and to relate and to have conversations. This is what he set aside for us every week. Now, in America, you know, we've we've kind of destroyed this thing because we call Sunday Sabbath and, and then we like coerce you into coming to church over Sabbath. That's not what God intended. This is a corporate time of worship, but this is not Sabbath. Sabbath is an intentional time where you choose to spend engaging God and engaging your friends and family, having some fun. This is different. See, we, we set Sunday aside, and, and, and in the South, especially until recently, I mean, man, there were restaurants not even open. You couldn't buy liquor and beer on Sundays because, you know, it was the Sabbath and all that stuff. That's not what God intended. He intended for you to be intentional about finding time to rest This is not just your Sabbath. This is a call to worship when we gather. So the last thing I want to share with you is is this. Um, You know, I I struggle. I struggle to rest. I struggle to relax. But um, one of the things that Katie and I have been working on is a plan for us to try to be way more intentional. 
And, and so coming up uh, as we end the summer, we're going to do something where literally we're going we're gonna to open up our home. We're going to have some meals. We're, we're just going to start in, to invite families over, three, four families at a time, and just come, hang. Uh, I don't know what we're cooking, probably steak. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll cook you chicken if you won't eat the red meat. Um, or I don't know, we'll give you a cucumber, some salad or something. But it's something that we intentionally want to be better at, to rest, to relax, to, to engage with other people. And we literally, we're going to call it Shabbat. And this will be our time of Sabbath where we intentionally engage with, with each other. We're going to speak blessing over the people in our home. We're going, to, we're going to speak blessing over the children who show up in our home. I'm going to relax a little bit and let my kids run wild and free and somebody's going to break an arm and I'll feel guilty about it. But we're going to try. I'm going to try to take a step into it. I invite you to try to find a way to have some fun too. So the last thing I'll leave you with is, is this, is that uh, we have to learn the rhythm of God's rest in our life. We have to learn the rhythm. It's so critical for us. Uh, here's what Jesus himself said. Uh, he he kind of sets this example in Matthew chapter 11 and starting in verse 28. Jesus gives this invitation. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Now, let's do this again. I, I asked you to do it earlier. I'm going to ask you to do it again. Again, all skate. That means everybody participates. Again, that's Hebrew for everybody participate. If you came in here, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're spiritually, mentally, physically, or financially, you are done. Put your hand up. Just be honest. That's you. Keep your hand up for a moment. Keep your hand up. Those of you with your hand up, hear the word of the Lord. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. This is Jesus speaking. And I will give you rest. You raised your hand, this word is for you. Take my yoke upon you. Watch this. Most miss this. And learn from me. I know we missed it. I know we missed it from the beginning and I know your mom and daddy taught you wrong and your grandmama and granddaddy taught you wrong and, and everybody, the culture has taught you wrong. So, but from today moving forward, you now know that there's a rhythm that God created for your work and for your rest. And he says that if you're tired, you can come to him and it is important that you understand that starting from today, you can learn how. You can learn. Will you? He says, and learn from me. Listen, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a promise from your Lord and Savior that if you come to him, you trust in him, you rely on him, you, you, you allow him to lead you. You learn from him that he will give you rest. He'll give you rest in all the areas. And because he did it physically, Jesus rested. My man literally slept in a boat during a storm. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know some of y'all like, you're so tired, even if you went to lay down for a nap, you couldn't do it. You got too many things going on. Some of us need to stop staying up so late watching sports and on our phone and, and things like that and actually go to bed. Go to sleep. 
Now for those of you that got kids keeping you up, in the name of Jesus, melatonin. (laughs) That's a joke. Listen, 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 family. For some of you, the most holy thing you can do today is go home and take a nap. (laughs) Can I get some amens? Who needs a nap today? Yeah, let's go. That's the biggest amen I'll ever get at home church. Pastor said I got to take a nap today. (laughs) Mental rest. This is a real thing. Mental rest. You know what? Jesus actually gave us an example of this. How? How? Jesus got up early and often to spend time with the Father. You guys, so many of us are missing out on mental health because the health we desire is actually waiting on us, but you got to go and get it. You got to step aside. And listen, I got kids. I, I Listen, I know. I know the excuses. Well, I got work and, you know, my kids are up late and my kids are up early and I've got to do the laundry and I got to do, I am, and, and we're skating and we're skating and we're skating. I mean, like, I know. But man, hear this, hear this. I love you. But yo, men, waking up at five o'clock to get in the woods, no problem. Right? Ladies, staying up late for Wine Wednesday, let's go. Pottery and paint, let's do it. We can do that. Just be real. Can we just be real? Can we be real? We got no problem getting up early, staying up late for the things that we desire. What does that say? We do not desire the presence of our Lord and Savior in our life. Because if you did, waking up early, staying up late, whatever it takes to get in the presence of God, not a problem. Why? Because I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. He desires to want to spend time with me. I'm a disciplined follower. Spiritual rest. Jesus just told us. Man, we got to come to him. We got to put our trust in him. We got to lay our burdens down. Here, here's what the scripture teaches in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. He says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Gosh, some of y'all need to be reminded that yes, he saved you, but he also cares for you. He cares for you. He doesn't want to see you broken and burdened and carrying all this weight. Bring them to him. I want to show you something really cool. Uh, This right here is, uh, this is a, a sign for rest in music. And as I was studying, I, I, I love music. And I, and I looked at this and I was like, man, I wonder how they came up with that. Because these stand for one, one beat, one count. In this instance, in the way of creation, one day. And then this is a sign for one in the way of rest. So we have all these beats and then we have rest. And I just wondered, Okay, well, each dot, that kind of makes sense. But what about this? That's kind of weird, because if you look at all the other signs for rest, they look like this. One's like a little hat. One's like an under hat. One's like a hole. One's like that. Like, that's what they look like. Those are easy. Like, okay, cool. Well, that's weird. What's that? So I found that this sign was created 
for one rest. And it was designed to look like a shepherd's staff. And if you've been in church any length of time, hearing that will instantly take you and be reminded that we have one shepherd and he is perfect. In fact, here's what the Psalm says in verse uh, verse one through three. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And then it goes on. Listen, he, he gives us this. This is what the good shepherd offers us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, I love this. This is sometimes what the Lord has to do because very few of us will actually stop and lie down and rest ourselves. So some of y'all, you got a, you, you like literally, God has got an ailment or an injury or something that is slowing you down. Some of y'all, he about to sweep the leg and make you lay your butt down beside in, in some green pastures. Do you know that in my, in my life of leadership, there are so many times where I have to look at a leader and I literally have to say, yo, stop. You need a break. You need a vacation. You need a day off. Good shepherds, good leaders make their sheep lie down in green pastures. Why? Because look what the scripture says. Because then he leads us beside quiet waters where he can refresh our soul. I love that the sign for one of rest represents the shepherd who gives us everything that we need and is good to make us lie down even when sometimes we don't want to and is good to lead us beside quiet waters so that we can be refreshed. I don't know about you, man, but like there are moments in my life I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, I'm so done in by life and work and people and stuff and house and kids and wife and like all the stuff. And there are times that I just get to a point, can we just be real? There are times we just get to a point where like, I don't know, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. The only way to keep walking is you need some help. And no better help than the staff from a shepherd to walk with. Today, would you lean on the good shepherd? His name is Jesus. He's God's only son. He came to earth and he lived a perfect life. He died to pay the price for your sin. He was buried and put in a tomb. He was resurrected three days later. He walked the earth for 40 days, conquering death, hell, and the grave. He ascended into heaven. And right now he sits at the right hand of God the Father, interceding on your behalf. Interceding on your behalf. If you would just simply come to him, he's an advocate to the Father for you. You need rest. You need your soul to be restored. Come to the Father through the Son. And the Spirit of God will minister to your heart today. He will, today, right this moment. He will. If you will call on Him, put your trust in Him, and allow Him to actually give you rest. Would you bow your heads? Father, I I, I pray that this word would connect to your people, God, that they would see visually the rhythm of rest, God, that they would hear audibly what you've called them to do, God, that that they would then sense your spirit giving clarity for how 
their life is supposed to work and function and flow and how you do provide rest for us. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God has offered uh, loving conviction over hearts today, that some things need to change. The way that we live our life, the way that we think about our day, the way that we function is not working. God, help us. Help us. God, if there is one who is far from you, God, right now, I pray that you would draw near to them. They came to your house today seeking you. Show your face. Reveal yourself to them. Make yourself known. God, for any of those, all, almost all of us raised a hand, God, saying, I'm in need of rest. God, I pray that you would offer them exactly what they seek. God, those that are spiritually dry, God, would a fountain of your spirit flow through them right this moment. God, for those that are physically exhausted, God, that you would give them supernatural stamina to continue to walk this life, but God, to do it from rest in your ways. God, for those that are, that are mentally tired, God, I pray that you would meet them and take their worries, take their anxieties, take their concerns and cast them away as only you can. God, I pray for those that are financially exhausted today, God, that you would provide provision and blessing in their life. God, that you would give them wisdom to steward well what you put in their hands. And so God, then when they steward that well, you will be, give them favor and give them more. God, so many in your house today are tired. We seek you and your rest. It's the only thing that can satisfy. Minister to our hearts right now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.